Hello and welcome to Front and Center, a show dedicated to insights and perspectives on commercial real estate investment across the public and private markets. Produced by Center Square Investment Management, Front and Center hosts timely and relevant conversations with firm thought leaders about the trends and drivers impacting the global real estate asset class. For more information, please visit centersquare.com. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Center Square's Front and Center podcast. My name is Scott Crow. I'm President and Chief Investment Strategist at Center Square, and I'm joined here again today with my colleague Uma Moriarty, Global ESG Lead and Senior Investment Strategist. So uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Uma, what's been going on in your world? Yeah, hey Scott. We so we spent last week at Nareed at the conference up in New York, and so we got a lot of real time updates from companies across the commercial real estate industry, across the different property types, just in terms of you know what's happening on the ground, fundamentals, and also how these companies are thinking about managing their balance sheets and capital. And so that was a, a pretty interesting you know, real time update in terms of what's happening on the ground in real estate. Yeah, and NARID, of course, is the, uh, the big conf- REIT conference um, that uh, all the REIT and investors attend. So a really great snapshot into what's happening uh, in the world of real estate right now. And there's a lot that came out of it. Um, we'll talk about some of that today. I mean, one of the themes that I think followed on from our first podcast uh, we did a week or so back is sort of the tightening of lending conditions. Uh, which I think heretofore had been, you know, more of an anticipation. Uh, but in a number of the meetings I was in, uh, you know, it, it's now becoming a realization that lending market's really starting to tighten up on the back of some of that bank stress that we saw, particularly in the regional banks. Did you, did you pick up the same thing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think the topics of conversation were probably first and foremost, the smoke that was engulfing us in New York City. But then number two, three, and four was capital markets, debt availability, capital allocation. I think, you know, access to capital has just become so precious. To your point, it's actually being realized that companies and investors that do, in fact, have access to that capital are definitely experiencing a bit of of an edge compared to their peers. But we haven't really seen, I guess we haven't really seen this start to hit fundamentals. I mean, you know, typically you're not going to. The capital markets, the lending environment is a leading indicator. Uh, but we're not there yet. I mean, there's obviously the, the roses come off the bloom in a few different places, uh, you know, including Sunbelt Apartments. I know we've been having a lot of discussions internally about the resiliency uh, of market rents for industrial, which is super important given the big mark to market, which justifies you know, continued low cap rates uh, in that asset class. Did you pick up anything else from you know, a, a fundamental standpoint? No, I mean, I think you're pretty spot on in terms of fundamentals still feeling pretty strong. And, and you mentioned Sunbelt Apartments. I mean, we're definitely anticipating supply coming into the Sunbelt, but if you look at leasing season for the multifamily space, I mean, so far it's actually exceeding expectations. So a lot of the more kind of economically sensitive types of areas that you would anticipate to start to show weakness still are not because you still have a consumer that's that's pretty strong. Um, but something that was actually really interesting is that if if I would have kind of just pulled 
people going into this conference, you know, what would be the number one topic of conversation? I would have probably guessed AI. And aside from a handful of conversations, a few that I had to force myself upon, AI just was not really a big topic of conversation at Married, at least not something that I heard a lot about. What, did you hear much about AI? Was that something that people were talking about? Well, not, not really in the rooms of Nayrit, as you point out. Uh, I certainly have been reading and seeing a, a lot about AI everywhere else, including the news and, and other, other parts of the world. Um, and you know, I think it's probably still very early days, but I was surprised that it wasn't, uh, wasn't discussed or that people hadn't put more thought into what it might mean for real estate. So that's a good segue into the topic uh, of today's podcast, which is, you know, what is AI? How is it going to impact the world of real estate? Because one of the things we know, Umar, is that, you know, prop tech technology uh, is having a bigger and bigger impact on real estate generally. But one of the features of the real estate market we've noticed uh, over the, you know, over the decades we've been doing this is that sometimes it takes a while for the, you know, the slower moving bricks and mortar industry real estate is to actually pick up on technologies but ai has the potential to be very impactful um, as it develops yeah and i think in terms of the impact of ai broadly speaking it's it's definitely not very clear what is going to be on the world in general right but i think it's definitely important to think about ways in which artificial intelligence in in terms of a, a technology solution that allows you to not only just look at data in different, more user-friendly ways, which I think a, a lot of technology so far has helped with that in real estate. But the, the question really becomes, how do you use this data and how does technology use the data to actually enable us to make different decisions or actually even recommendations in terms of real estate? And so I think that can happen kind of on, on two different avenues, right? So one would be more in terms of how are you actually running your real estate business in terms of the operations? I think there the, the conclusion probably really points to the jobs side of, of the equation. But then the other question really becomes how do you use AI to really think about the way in which we might change how we use real estate functionally? Right. And so what does that mean in terms of an investment thesis around real estate? Will that be impacted by artificial intelligence? And and those are really questions that didn't didn't come up a lot during this conference. But I, I think one of the places where you're seeing AI impacting real estate demand currently is is in the data center space. Right. People don't typically think of commercial real estate and, and think data centers, but data centers are actually a pretty big part of the investable universe for U.S. REIT investors. Yeah, and I, it, it makes sense because it, at the end of the day, you know, the, these data centers really are the, uh, you know, the, the physical infrastructure that supports a lot, of, a lot of this AI activity. I guess just stepping back a little bit, just sort of trying to philosophically understand what AI is, um, at least, at least, how I've thought about it is it's a step function forward in not only in the use of data, um, you know, obviously the internet search engines like Google and others uh, have created a vast amount of data, but you have to go in there yourself and, you know, type the questions in and 
go through and pick out the data that you and information that you want and sort through all of that. Whereas AI is, as it, you know, as it says, it's, it's an artificial intelligence. It, it mimics uh, that human process of not only collecting, but analyzing, sorting, and, um, and presenting uh, data. And, and, and so that, 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 you know, the question is, how is that going to impact um, real estate? Uh, you know, you pointed out data centers and the reason that's, you know, driving huge amount of data center demand is the, the amount of computing power it takes to, uh, for an AI process to work versus just a normal Google search uh, approach is, you know, multiples. Um, but then the other area is, you know, at the end of the day, AI can probably end up uh, replacing a lot of services jobs and people over time. Absolutely. I, I mean, one of the areas I was speaking to a multifamily company last week, kind of pressing on this issue, and they mentioned that they've switched almost entirely their leasing process to be done now virtually. And they've they've tested out using AI to, to do part of this leasing process and not just in terms of processing the paperwork, but actually getting tenants to sign a lease. Right, and they've actually found that their AI bot has been working better than physical human leasing agents. And so if you think about the efficiencies that you can get as this technology becomes smarter and better equipped to do a lot of jobs that otherwise you had people to do, I mean, it, it has the capacity, like I mentioned this example, you're capturing more revenues, you're arguably using less people, so you're getting efficiencies on the cost side. And so I think just in terms of operating a business, it's, it has the capacity to, to be a pretty big driver of change. Yeah, I mean, just one of the simple ways to think about it is we've all called into a call center and you know we have the little AI bot on the side, which is you know, generally being pretty useless, right? And so you've needed to then go and speak to somebody after trying to get rid of the the robot, right? Um, but you can already see if you're, you know, as you use technology, that 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 AI capability of that bot is actually really starting to improve. And you know, we know enough about technology and the exponential change uh, that that is characterized by that that AI bot will increasingly be able to do, you know, many of the tasks of uh, the people you're trying to talk to. Um, you know, and if not, at, at some point, uh, you would imagine in, in a better way. So, you know, I think some of the areas you could see um, see this impact would, you know, literally be in, in retail. Uh, you know, you could have some form of, uh, I guess, robot with the iPad screen uh, talking to you as you ask about, you know, where to find different articles. Uh, you know, even suggestions of different styles that could be used with some of the items that you're trying to pick out. Um, and so really taking some of those, um, you know, the, those jobs that are on the floor, uh, you know, to, to the world of technology and AI. Um, and then the other area uh, where you could see this having a big impact on user demand is back offices. Um, you know, back office uh, office is, you know, takes up a lot of people and increasingly if more and more of that work can be done with the help of artificial intelligence, you know, you're going to see a lot less space needed uh, for that back office function. And that's obviously going to be, you know, 
detrimental to those sort of back office assets. Yeah, as as if we needed more more negative news for office, right? Um, but I the the other place that I've been thinking about the impact here is also from an industrial perspective, right? I think a lot of demand that has been coming through for the industrial property type has really been driven by the need for access to labor. I think a lot of these different facilities, I mean, they they depend on people to do a lot of the sorting and picking and, and those types of activities. And if you end up having something that can do it for you better, more efficiently, and not only that, even just from a transportation perspective, right? If you if you think about the ability for a driverless truck or a vehicle to make those deliveries where you're no longer depending on a person to be sitting behind the wheel. What does that really mean for how companies reconfigure their supply chains and think about the distance they need to be at from the consumer or the consumption base and, and how they kind of think about some of those trade-offs and, and will that be different today? Will it be different 10 years from now because of the impact of AI? I mean, those are just the types of things that I think are really interesting to, to think about. Not, not saying that we have an answer here, um, but, but just things that we need to be mindful of and, and think about as we really understand how this technology develops over time. Yeah, I mean, obviously these technologies interact with each other in an exponential fashion too, right? So AI could unlock some of the benefits of those other technologies that you mentioned. Okay, so the last thing uh, you know, I'll, I'll squeeze in here before we wrap is that you know, real estate by its very nature, investing in real estate by its very nature is, you know, uh, is characterized by opaque data. Right. There's a lack of data that allows investors like Center Square and others to, you know, produce alpha by uh, having better information. A lot of that information, you know, sits out there uh, increasingly these days in database. The information around real estate has improved. Uh, and I wonder if there isn't uh, going to be at some point uh, the ability for artificial intelligence to help take that real estate data. Uh, and, and identify, you know, mispriced opportunities in the commercial real estate. Yep, there are a lot of possibilities out there. Well, unfortunately, I don't think AI is going to uh, have enough of an impact in, t in time to, to uh, you know, get rid of uh, the services inflation problem that still seems to be hanging out uh, out there in the broader world. Uh, and a lot hinges on that. And so I know uh, we've got the FOMC meeting coming up next week and, uh, you know, the, the impact of interest rates, economic growth and what that means for real estate will be the subject of our, uh, our next podcast uh, in about a week from now. So thanks for joining us today uh, and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to Front and Center. You can subscribe on your favorite streaming platform and please be sure to leave us a review. To stay up to date, you can visit our website at centersquare.com to access our thought leadership, sign up for our mailing list, or contact our team. We look forward to hearing from you. The content of this podcast is informational only and represents the viewpoints of the presenters at the time of recording. It should not be regarded as a solicitation nor investment advice. All information presented is subject to change at any time based on new data, analysis, or market conditions. Past performance is no guarantee of future results.